cool. Oh, just listen to that. The sound of cars I recorded at the Le Mans 24 Hours a couple of years ago. If you fancy going to the Le Mans 24 Hours and camping at the same campsite that we camp at, then you can, thanks to our sponsors, Team Langostine. If you want to know more, go to garethjones.tv forward slash Le Mans. garethjones.tv forward slash Le Mans. Or stick around, we'll tell you more later in this programme. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth and he's Alex Goy. Hello. How are you, man? I'm all right. This is nice. We're recording in your front room, which is a tribute to all things car and motoring. Why am I not surprised? Well, you know, I live on my own, so I figured I'd just turn it into my own little sanctum. I like your Senna poster on the wall. That's very nice. So that was done... So it's the centre poster, but it's painted by a man called Pop Bang Colour, Ian Cook, whose work I've got, he did my Morgan, which yeah. you've just seen. A beautiful painting of a Morgan done by a radio-controlled car. Yeah, done by loads of radio-controlled cars. I even had a go. But what he did is when you go in, he lets you paint the bit that's easy to fix if you mess it up, because it's quite a complex art. And it, it was mega. I spent the day in the studio watching it all go. But the centre print, I saw that he'd done it and he did this massive one. And then he started doing big prints of it. And I went, Ian, can I... <laughs> well, uh, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's lovely. It's textured. Are you a Senna fan? You're not a big F1 fan, you, are you? You know me in motorsport. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not motorsport's hugest fan, but I love the film. Yes. And the artwork that Ian did on the poster is just stunning. I love Ian's work, so it's like, I will have that. Because a lot of chaps about town have movie posters of some description. Yeah. And it's normally like Reservoir Dogs or something like that. But I figured we're going to go a bit car and I know the bloke who painted it, and I like the film, so why not? It's a great film. It's got a proper emotional story arc to it, hasn't it? And a couple of moments that make you go, oh. And if you haven't seen it, yeah, of course you've seen it. You're listening to this. Of course you've seen it. I mean, how can you not have seen it? It's really quite old now. It must be yeah, knocking yeah. on 10 years. It must be, yeah. Yeah, I remember interviewing, uh, what's his name? The guy who used to race against Senna at the British Grand Prix, which could well have been 10 years ago now. No. No. Ridiculous. No, 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 no. no. Anyway, let's talk about something that you did last, when was it, July, August of last year. You decided to drive 2,000 miles in a completely inappropriate vehicle for a journey of that length. Am I right? Yes, it was the October of 2018, but it still feels like yesterday. (laughs) Um, Yeah, October 2018, I was working in Lisbon for a month. And I figured, why not make a bit of a trip out of it afterwards? It was the end of the year and being a freelancist, you know, work kind of slowly dries up towards the end of the year. So I thought, well, why not? And I have a Morgan three-wheeler. You have a lovely... What do you call it? It's not maroon? It's Lotus Deep Purple is the official colour name. Is that right? And it's got a shark's face on it. And yeah, it's I know. great and yes. it's stupid. And I thought, why not? Because Lisbon's nice and warm. So I drove down. I kind of had a break in the work. I was like a few days off. So flew back to the UK. Got in the car, drove the quick way, which involved 26 hours on a ferry, which, ferry travel is never my favourite. Is that to Santander? Yes, it was the Southampton to Santander thing, and there was a classic car rally. It's basically, I was the youngest person on that boat, bar the actual child. (laughs) Um, And it it was 26 hours of misery. I had the cabin in the bowels of the ship, and every now and then, so the weather was really rough, and every now and then all the power would just cut, so you'd hear no noise, like no engine or anything like that. 
So I was in my windowless room and the noise stopped. So I went, oh, OK. And then all the lights went out. And I just had that moment of, right, this is how I die. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is how I go. Full but you Titanic. did survive. Did survive. Drove through the night to get as close to Lisbon as possible. Mm-hmm. Santander is the top of Spain and mm-hmm. Lisbon is sort of the lower third of Portugal. of Portugal. So it's 600 miles for the first leg. Had one small interaction with the police, which was fun, so I had headphones in, so I was listening to my sat-nav telling me which way Lisbon was, and music and podcasts, I think, just to try and keep myself sane. I had one interesting incident. This is before that, is the main trip. So it was about two in the morning, I was exhausted, because I'd been awake on the boat for longer than I should have been. I was driving and driving, and I was like, I need to find a hotel just to crash for the night. So one in the morning, starting to feel a little bit drowsy. Past one, go in, hello, any rooms? No, it's one in the morning, what are you doing? keep going like okay I was not around but mm, don't really want to sleep in the car see another one big sign says motel on the side of the road so pull off the motorway drive around miss the exit do a quick Yui. then I go in and there's signs on two levels so one for cars and one for trucks and they were advertising rooms by the hour and I was like this is almost certainly a brothel <laughs> no hard pass on that off we go <laughs> And this is uh, admitting something a little bit illegal. So I found the third one, and there's a sign that says, in some miles there's a hotel. It's like, right, brilliant. It's like 2K. And they go through this tunnel, and all of a sudden the slow lane's combed off. And I'm like, hang on, there's supposed to be a hotel in like 150 metres, something like that. Just the other side of the tunnel you see the petrol station. But the cones stop right at the exit, and I missed Uh-oh. it. No one around said, Nailed the brakes and went, there's no one around, sod it. It's reversed 150 metres up the motorway. Pulled in. Immersively, there was a room in a really quite shady hotel. But he only charged me 30 euros and I was there for four hours, so I didn't really care. Bonus. And yeah, I got to Lisbon, dropped the car off with a Morgan dealer there. And they looked after it while I worked. And then the other side was, let's go Morganing. I've got a friend in Australia. She's a journalist, does what I do. And I went, do you want to come? She went, yeah, sounds great. So we started in Lisbon, we went up to Sintra, it was a bit drizzly, a bit horrible, and of course it doesn't have any roof or doors, so when it rains you just get wet. Start off in Sintra. Sintra, we found out while we were there, is notorious for Satanists, so it's not unusual to find what? entrails really? from sacrifices the next one, and apparently so. And then the next day we were going to go to this place called Coimbra, which is a Roman town, a Roman university town, so it's beautiful, at least that's what we heard. And we had a look at the weather, so it's going to start raining at four. So we need to be there before four. Book the hotel, all's good. But then we found out there was a really lovely place called, I think, uh, Batalha. That's almost certainly not how you pronounce it. There's an enormous church, beautiful thing. And there was a lovely seafood joint. So we stopped off for lunch and I checked my watch and it was 10 to 4. And I looked at my co-driver and went, we're going to get wet. And it was a proper torrential downpour. And... We found out that day what lorry spray tastes like. Oh, no. Waves and waves of lorry spray. And you are supremely low as well. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's going to fall on you. It's going to raise up off the back wheels yes. and drop on you. you get, yes. It's like living in a waterfall. Isn't it? Yes, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> but then when it was sunny, it was great. You know, 30, 35 degrees, cruising along, bags stacked on the luggage rack on the back. There's one bit, I cannot remember for the life of me where it is, but it's a beautiful day. And one of those tiny little villages, that in Europe you find these things, it's just a street. Mm-hmm. And somehow loads of people live there. Mm-hmm. And there was a school that spread over two sides of the road. And it was lunchtime. So we drove through and this one group of kids in one playground went, way, and we honked. And then the second group heard the honking and the cheering. And they started cheering and there was lots of celebration and people waving and things like that. It was mega. I think just about any car you can imagine... A moggy three-wheeler is going to get an affectionate response 
from people unlike anything else. In the UK, mm. people might know, oh, it's a Morgan, but they will have never seen anything like that in Portugal. They've, well, not really, because apparently they're mega expensive out there, but it, because it's such a smiley, happy thing, mm. and it makes a little burble, burble, burble noise, yeah. and people turn around and think, oh, it's some arse on a motorbike, and then all of a sudden it's two people in a thing with a face. Um, and there's just lots of smiles and light and joy. I mean, you get pictures taken wherever you are. I was driving it back to London once, and I was going on the M25. It's a super quiet day. I checked my mirror, and there was a big Rolls ghost kind of slowly coming up alongside me. And as they passed me, a man, the entire top half of his body was leaning out of the car taking a video. <laughs> and that happens so often. Uh-huh. It's yeah. ridiculous. There's no privacy in that car. I would imagine no. every time you stop to fuel up, someone wants to come and talk to you, don't they? I have an album of people taking pictures there of the car. Go. Like, people say, oh, can I sit in it? And you get kids crowding around it. And they're like, oh, can they go in it? Yeah, of course you can. You just sit the kid in it. And he's like, oh, hello, this is really lovely. And the thing about it is, the reason I love it, and it is my forever car, mm-hmm. is that it's impossible to be unhappy in it. Yes. You yes. cannot be miserable in that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this trip we did, in all, it was just shy of 2,500 miles. The sunshine bit was mega. You know, there were some bits where the car wasn't entirely happy for all of it because it's quite the endurance test for something like that. It's a little V-twin of what capacity? Two-litre V-twin. It's a two-litre? Yes, it's ridiculous. So when it fires up, the whole car just wobbles from side to side. Two-litre V-twin, 82 and a half horsepower. (laughs) The half is important. Um, But it weighs like 550 kilos, so Uh it goes like nothing. It's so fast. So why did you buy it? Have you been a Morgan fan since you were a kid, or is it just a relatively recent thing that you've got into? I'd always known about them, but I'd never really driven them. And then I started X-Car, now Carfection, and... In the early days, they were kind of one of the few people who were like, yeah, yeah, come down, do stuff. So we went down, we did a plus eight, and I thought, oh, this is quite nice. And then we did an interview with Charles Morgan, and they really loved that, and said, look, can we have an Aero Coupe, which is big, kind of yeah. 1930s, but designed as though yeah. it was built in 2038. Yeah, yeah. Um, did that round town, and then night shoot in town. I fell in love with that car. Big V8, side pipes, gorgeous. And then I said, oh, can we have a three-wheeler? And we had it round a go-kart track near my mum's place. And it was the most fun I've had. Lively? Yeah, li- well, not really. What Terrible. gives up first, the front end or the back end first? Which, um, which, is it understeer? It's, 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 it's understeer, then can go to oversteer, then back to understeer <laughs> in, quite, <laughs> in quite short order. Um, the, the fun thing is, because the front tyres, they're motorcycle tyres, and they're yeah. quite thin, if you take a corner too quickly, you can see them going off the rim. It's wow. very uncomfortable. You're like, oh, no, this could be an accident. So there are rules for driving them. It's kind of simple stuff. The fuel gauge, they say it's got 40 litres of fuel capacity. It doesn't, that's a lie. I've never spent more than 25 quid filling it up from empty, or less than empty. If you dip the clutch mid-corner, you will spin. Right. Like, you will spin. Yeah. If you think you're going to have to brake immediately, you should have thought that about 200 metres previously, because the brake's terrible. And if it rains, you will get wet. And that's kind of it. There's no more cons to it. It's got heated seats, which are a godsend on miserable days. Yeah. And it's just happy. And things, you can leave it places, because no one's going to nick it, because... You would get spotted immediately. You will get spotted. Yeah. You'll be all over Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it'll just be everywhere. Yeah. And people want to know about it. Oh, how old is it? What's it like? What's this? What's that? And you go, it was built in 2016. Like, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah built yeah. in 2016. It's great, apart from the occasional bit falling off. But other than that, it's great. I always say that if you consider yourself a driver, you should, at some point in your driving career, have driven either a Mini mm. or a VW Beetle 
or a Morris 1000. Because any one of those three cars will teach you about handling and what to do at the limit at safe speeds. Yes. Because these days we drive cars with big, fat, low-profile tyres that grip and grip and grip and then suddenly give up and you're in the wall. Yep. However, something with narrow tyres like that, you are balancing the car the whole time. That sense of feedback, that sense of reward, that sense of involvement in driving. I used to have a Lancia, which you break for a roundabout, you'd have to change the poise of the car as you approach the roundabout. Whilst you were on the apex, you'd have to balance it, and the exit, you'd have to balance it. That was the best driving I've ever done. Also, in northern Spain, I remember oh, driving it over the mountains there. The they are great, because there's no one on them, and exactly. they're really smooth. It's a cliche. If you ever read car mags, the launches tend to be around sort of Barcelona or bits of Spain and the cliche is on smooth Spanish roads it feels great but we'll have to wait until we get back to the UK to see how it really is and just think yeah because UK roads are rubbish we can't enjoy driving here but do you drive the Morgan in town here how is that I mean you end up having conversations with people at traffic lights and uh, pedestrians oh so many conversations like once I was driving some early morning about six in the morning to get across town to go to a friend's place to pick him up and do something and I was on the Vauxhall roundabout which is quite close to where I live. So yeah. I, was, I, was, I was still not quite awake. And this bloke goes, hey, mate, 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 mate. I'm like, what? Missing a wheel? Uh, oh, go on. When I stopped at lights, you get trucks rolling their windows down going, hey, mate, what is that? It's a Morgan. There are so many more. But basically, people stop and they just want to know what it is. Like, even if you're on the move, cab drivers have lent out their windows. There was one time I took a friend for dinner out of town. And so she came over to where I live in Clapham and threw her in the car and said, right, we're going to go out like near Heathrow-ish, but not Heathrow because it's miserable there. And she lives in King's Cross. And as we were driving back, she was basically falling asleep. So I was like, you don't want me to throw you on the tube, do you? you want me to take you home? She's like, yes, please. Tiny little voice, yes, please, I'm very sleepy. So I dropped her at her place. And then I don't know North London at all. Mm-hmm. I've been... We drive on the other side of the road. You do. Yeah, you drive on the other yeah. side of the road and your hairdressers have nice names. Um... <laughs> So I thought I knew which way was quick so you can go through Farringdon and then over Blackfriars and all that and then I'm home. Except I took the right lane, not the left lane. So ended up... In con- Switzerland. Go- well, I ended up going down past Euston and all that. And I was like, oh, okay, I vaguely know where I am. So if I turn down Great Portland Street and get to Oxford Street and then I can get to Marble Arch and then I can get to Park Lane and then I'm good. Except it was two in the morning on one of the hottest days of the year. So Oxford Street was... Busy, uh-huh. and it was full of drunk people who wanted to get in it, who wanted you. to have a ride uh, and wanted yeah. to know what it was. And this yeah. one girl, like, kind of got right up to the car, lent on it, was like, Can I have a ride? Like, no, <laughs> go away, drunk lady. <laughs> Can you drive a motorway in a three wheeler? What's the yeah, r- yeah? It's, what's the rule? I'm days? not entirely sure what it's qualified as, but I have to pay a congestion charge on it, so it's, I think it's technically a tricycle. On the motorways, everything's very big. Everything is very big. Yeah. I remember the day I picked it up, it was the day before my 30th birthday. They put a rev limit on the engine for the first 19 hours, like an aeroplane. So you can do something like 4,500 RPM, which is just enough to get to 70. But then as the hours roll on, it goes a little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. I was driving down the M4, and I remember this lorry. I was like, I can't go much faster than this. And the big old lorry just comes barreling past me. It's like, oh, God, it's huge. Help. I'm going to die. There's two ways home from the M4. You can go through Earl's Court, which is very swish. Or you can go the knob route and go through Knightsbridge. OK. And I was like, I'm going to go through Knightsbridge. There's a guy in a Ferrari, California, revving it. It's a big, heavy traffic. It was a Friday night or something like that. Big, heavy traffic. Lots of noise. 
and this guy was like, yeah, look at me, look at me in my Ferrari. The worst Ferrari, by the way. Um, <laughs> California. Oh, come um, on, no. you would, wouldn't you? Not the new one. It's no? Horrid. No, it's awful. Is there and, such a thing as an awful Ferrari? You're going to say yes, aren't Well, you? the California itself, it looks like a Ferrari. It goes in a straight line like a Ferrari, mm-hmm. but it's just... Too not, heavy it's and... It's not nice. Yeah. It's not nice. I had a conversation with the man from Ferrari... And we were talking about it, and I said, it's the kind of Ferrari for people who want the badge yeah. and want the lifestyle and want to be involved in it, yeah. but they don't necessarily want the big mid-engine thing that does yeah. all the sideways and does all this and does all that, yeah. which is absolutely fine, but it just was unconscionably ugly. Uh-huh. It's like the rear end of that thing was horror. It was onkin. It was awful. Now they've done the Portofino, which is a lot yeah. nicer. Elegant. The interesting thing about the California, though, is that most of the people who bought them were new to the brand. Ah, well, job done then. Yeah. I mean, Ferrari are trying to grow what they do a little bit. They don't want to go over a certain number. They're trying to save themselves, so they're still rarefied in some ways. Yeah, but I've been having thoughts on this, and I had thoughts on this in a very drunken video, which is coming to Carfection soon, talking about how... Ferrari and, to a similar extent, Aston and Lamborghini and McLaren, you know, they're building all these cars and it's kind of taking some of the specialness away. Yeah. So remember when I was first getting into cars, like, Ferrari, there were three models. Yeah. There was the mid-engine one, there was the front-engine GT, and then there was the really fast one, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Now... There's the folding hardtop, there's the mid-engined one, there's the mid-engined one that's really, really fast, but a series one. There's the hypercar thing. And they're there's... replaced every three years. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. there's the two, open the Monza SP1 and SP2, whatever they are. I'm yeah. just like, why? It's not special anymore. Because uh-huh. I think the dawn of social media and then the internet and the fact that everyone has a voice, you see more of them, which kind of makes it less special when you see one. And China, which is double the number of car sales on the planet in five years or something, mm. isn't it? Which is insane. Listen, slight change of subject, Clarkson. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I'm here to talk to you today was that I saw a video that you made recently, again driving an open-top car with relatively skinny tyres. That is, in my opinion, the best bit of telepresenting I have seen... <laughs> Since I was on How To. <laughs> <laughs> I now know which car you're talking about. It was the light car company Rocket, oh which you boy. did a video for Carfection. I did indeed. And the two things that got my attention about this video, and if you haven't seen it, go and look it up now. It's a joy. Number one, you're in an utterly fascinating car, mm-hmm. which you had a great deal to say about. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it was chucking it oh, down. Mate. And you carried on now what i say about television presenting is that when everything's going well anyone can do what we do right that's not difficult but under duress so when things have gone a bit (laughs) up and you still (laughs) deliver and make it better than it would have been if everything was under control i shake your hand that was the best bit of presenting it was lovely tell me about the light car rocket i mean you couldn't really let go in it could you because it was wet no so that car I was at Caffeine Machine, a place that you definitely need to go to. Mm -hmm. And when I have cars back in London again, I shall take you because it's mega. I was at Caffeine Machine one Saturday or Sunday. And this bloke walked up to me and went, you, I know you. And then we had a conversation about something I can't talk about live, but you'll find hilarious later. Okay. Sorry about that, listeners. (laughs) Sorry about that, but he will kill me. He turned up in this rocket. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, I was with a PR chap from Renault was there. He bought the Alpine because it was still fairly new. And he went, That's, I really want to drive one of those. Anyway, I got talking to this chap and said, look, can I pitch a film? Can I drive it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'd love for that. So we organised it, lots of faff, a few months later, and I was checking the weather going, 
oh, that's not going to be good. So I bought like wax cotton jacket and a big scarf and my goggles ready to roll. And I emailed him the night before and I was like, are you okay for us to drive it in the wet? We can always reschedule. Don't worry. He was like, no, no, you'll be fine. And he went, just seen so you know, I put fresh tyres on it because the others were getting a little bit skittish. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. So the car weighs what, 390 kilos, something ridiculous like that. And it's on fresh tyres and it's going to be a torrential downpour. The beginning of the day was beautiful. We shot it in his shed and then we took it to Caff and Mac and then the heavens opened. And it wasn't just, oh, a bit of drizzle. It was world-ending, horrific, yes, climate change is happening kind of rain. <laughs> and we were driving around the I thing. I think we call it Greta Thunberg weather. Yes, now, yeah, I, well, understandably. So the talky bit, the interior piece of the camera, that was the last thing we do because, you know, I've got to learn the car while we're shooting it and learn the lines and do all that. The poor camera guy, the chap lived about 20 miles away from Caffeine and Machine, so I said to the guy, right, here's what we're going to do. Rig up the car and I'm going to follow you. By rig up the car, I mean put the GoPros on. Put the cameras in it and make sure the sound's done. And luckily we had the cowl over the back. Because it's a two-seater, you sit in tandem. Uh, But he had the cowl over it, so it's a one-seater. So we put all the sound gear on the rear seat. And then I slowly drowned. I turned it into a £100,000 bathtub. <laughs> it was... I got out the other end. He gave us the key to his gate, so we put the car back in so that we dried it up as best we can. Really sorry. Like, join us at Caffeine and Machine later because we're going to have dinner and a debrief because miles back to London. And it was a mega little car. It was so much fun. Even in that weather, which was miserable, it's got a sequential gearbox, and to flip it into reverse, there's a little thing, a little bit of red metal... And then you flip it one way and then you move the lever over and then you can go in reverse. But the cool thing is, because it's a sequential box, you can go in reverse the same amount of gears you can go forwards. So it's ten forward gears, ten yeah, reverse And gears. one which just swaps the direction. Fascinating. It was a properly quick little thing. I've been promised to drive in the dry, which I'm desperately looking forward to because oh. it was a miserable day. But... Having seen the film, I'm glad we kept going because it made it a lot more interesting, I think. Because if I've learned anything about working on the internet is people love to see other people suffer. Yeah. And oh boy, did I suffer. I was soaked through to the skin. I I had to buy a new T-shirt just to drive home because all of my clothes were soaked. My boot was just damp when I took all my clothes out of it when I got home. I was like, oh, this is horrible. But there was a real joy in that piece. I could see that despite all this, you were having the best time ever. And we, as a result, as a viewership, we're having the best time as well because oh, we, we would have loved to have been in that car regardless we're glad we weren't and <laughs> yeah. um, we're glad you were you're right yeah. about the suffrage thing yeah. suffering yeah. suffrage so, is a different thing suffrage but... slightly different <laughs> um, yeah I had a ball in that because I know those roads quite well we, I was playing around in them and it was someone's car it's Pride and Joy that was the prototype car so that was the one that had been fiddled with so officially it's the last car, but actually it's the first car, and it had lots of things that weren't quite standard, but it was just mega. It was so it was beautifully responsive because it didn't weigh anything. The mm. steering What wasn't does it heavy. weigh? You know? Three hundred and ninety, I think. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. There are motorbikes are heavy in that. The steering's really responsive, throttle response, because it's got that motorcycle engine, it's Pop your foot down, it just flies. So you make sure to do that in third or fourth, not first or second, because then you're just going backwards. There are no driver aids, nothing like that. But, you know, it's a Gordon Murray car. Mm. So you know that it's going to handle and feel amazing. He calls it the Proto F1, which I understand now. I've not driven a McLaren F1. One day, maybe, if the stars align, I will. But it was just 
incredible. The noise, the responsiveness, the feel of it, the look of it, you know. Yeah. It looks like an Exocet missile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mega. And it also looks like a Grand Prix car of the 1950s as well. I mean, that's a beautiful age of motoring and yet it's a modern piece of kit with a modern lightweight is it Yamaha engine is it? I think so I, I, I can't honest, quite remember now it's, it's, it's a while ago now I've, I've, my script's fallen out my head yeah <laughs> and no wonder you like it because you're like me you're lotisty. is that the yes. right term I, you know? I like slightly naff hand built British cars yeah 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 um, hence the Morgan hence owning an Elise for eight years yeah yeah lightweight stuff I wouldn't daily one anymore I'm a little bit older than I was mm-hmm. um, but I adore it. Lotus stuff, it's just mega, isn't it? Well, Lotus are in a very exciting position at the moment, as discussed on this show. I won't do it again now. But I look forward to all the new stuff that's coming from Lotus. We all know about the Evia or the Avaya. Avaya. We know about the potential new Evora replacement, which might be an Esprit. There is a new sports car mm. coming mm. that will be... I've heard two versions of this story. Because I, I know there's a new sports car coming. I had an audience with Phil Popham. I was in Australia recently yep. on a Lotus trip, and we had a live-streamed audience with the Big Cheese, and he said it's going to be ICE. But then I was interviewing him at the launch of the Avaya. I was in a, a round table, and either a knacker was dropped, and he said, oh, it will be first ICE, and then there'll be EV, or there'll be alternative powertrains for it. So it might be a little bit electricier than we think or uh-huh. it might just be a pure ICE Lotus as kind of last of the lineup. but either way it's a new Lotus now because what the Evora was launched in 2007 yeah that's right yes it was yeah, yeah the end of 2007 it was the Evora yeah the Exige was what 2011 2012 yes They've got value for money out of those bonded aluminium platforms, that, haven't that, they? That platform has been around in some form or another since 1996. But if, I suppose a couple of years earlier than that, or they were developing the S1 Elite. Yeah. So, might be time for a change. <laughs> <laughs> that chassis owes them nothing, does no. it, really? They know how to build it now. They, 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 <laughs> they know where the glue goes, and they know how strong it is. You had an Elise 111, was it? Was yeah, I had an 05 111R, the one with the tricky cam, and it yeah. was the Toyota motor, so 190 horsepower, and it was a mega, mega thing. And it stayed together? Yeah, yeah. The only problem I had with it is because I kept not driving it, because I kept having cars in for work, so the immobiliser would eat the battery after two weeks. And just before I sold it, one of the heater coil pack things went so it would only blow hot or cold on setting number three, which was a little bit miserable. But then I said, oh, I'm going to fix it, but then I'm going to sell it. And they went, oh, don't bother, just sell it to us. Because uh, it'll cost you more than it'll cost us. Um, so, yeah, don't. So, so, yeah, sold it and... Um, move on. Move on. And I found the spare key, so I need to give it back to them at some point. So I'm going to ask you the classic motoring journalist question. Of all oh, yeah. the cars that you've driven, Alex, mm-hmm. what is it you'd most like to have for the rest of your life? Ooh, I know that answer. It's a Morgan Aero Coupe. I fell in love with that car. You did say that before, yeah. I absolutely yeah. adore it. So why haven't you got one? Can't afford it? Because they're 100 grand. <laughs> and, and the rest. However, there was a chap who watched that film, bought the car off the back of it. Mm-hmm. He found me on Facebook and said, if you ever want to borrow it again, all yours. Oh, so we love I'm, him. I'm just saving that nugget for when I really, really need it, when it'd be really special, you know. Because it's not like, a, oh, can I have it for the afternoon? But it's like a something real special, something really lovely. Yeah. I'll do that. No, I adore that car. Because I've driven Veyrons and Zondas and Wyras and Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all that, but none of them have the presence that that... Especially, you know, you live in London, I live in London. Um... 
and you get that... You that, that, by the way, is the garage yeah. over the road, isn't it? Yeah, I live opposite a petrol station, which is very handy for pints of milk and petrol. <laughs> so it's ideal for me, but yeah, occasionally you get the voice over the time going, Sir, please remove your helmet. Or uh, there's one just before you arrived, which is... We are closed. Yeah. yeah. The petrol station is closed. Oh, all right. But yeah, you drive all these things, and they are mega, but you kind of get fatigued with a proper posh metal around mm-hmm. here, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, if you walk around, you will see 2911s, you'll see the odd McLaren, you'll see the odd Ferrari, you'll see this, you'll see that, you'll see a bunch of Aston Martins. But that, you'll never see another one. On that point, Yield. I remember when I was... Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. This would have been... I think 1976, I was 15 years old. You were T-minus 10 years or something. Yeah, I was T-minus 10, yeah. Yeah, and I remember coming to London on a coach trip to see a show and getting onto the Edgware Road and seeing a Rolls-Royce in the flesh that wasn't a wedding car Ah, for the first time in my life. And then I remember seeing a a Porsche 911 SC and thinking how sexy that was. And suddenly realising that here in London we are spoiled rotten. All you have to do is step out onto the street and you'll see something interesting. And that's what I want to do with you next. Yes, and I know exactly where to take you. How would you like to join the Gareth Jones on Speed team at the 2020 Le Mans 24 Hours? This year we'll be at the race and staying at the Team Langoustine campsite. It's located at the heart of the circuit, at Tetre Rouge, a secure, gated site with everything you'll need. Clean toilets, hot showers, hot food, a bar and friendly staff. Why not join us there and perhaps even spend some quality time with us before and after the race at the campsite and maybe even appear on one of the episodes of On Speed Recorded over the weekend. Packages start from as little as £235. For more information, go to garethjones.tv forward slash Le Mans. Go on, come and enjoy the greatest race in the world at a truly terrific campsite. Places are limited, so book now at garethjones.tv forward slash Le Gareth Jones and speed! We've come out in the pouring rain to a little square in Wandsworth in South London, which is where Alex lives, because there are loads of interesting cars. If you're interested in cars, even the mundane stuff is interesting. But the first thing that's caught our mind is a Land Rover 90 from 2016? 2014. In a metallic dark green and the optional big fat tyres. I mean, the wilds of Wandsworth and Clapham, you know, there are some pretty hefty potholes here, Gareth. So you do have to look out... You do have to look out for those. It's got LED lights, it's got little lights in the bumper. It's very pretty. It is a useless car around here, but it is yeah. amazingly cool. Yeah, I'm assuming that alongside his elegant apartment on Grafton Square, he's got a country house somewhere in the Cotswolds that he needs this to go up the drive to. The drive, there might be a puddle at least six inches deep. That would do so it. So you do have to look out for those. But no, the thing is, it's one of those cool London cars. Like, people have them with snorkels on them and things like that. I ran a Defender 110 for a while 
and it was good fun but you can't see anything you can't put anything in it it's clunky it's noisy and it's really uncomfortable but you get out of it and you go that was cool it's one of those cars like I was saying earlier on about driving a Morris Minor or a Mini where you learn how to drive because mm. you're at the edge all the time preservation of momentum is king because yes. there's no power Correct. so if you want to get round a corner quickly you've just got to find that is it going to fall over point and just keep it on the right side of that for as long as you can as long as you dare and it's got a transit engine, I think, this one. The isn't later it? The ones do, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. a two-litre transit thing with like 140 horsepower. Someone's going to correct me somewhere on the internet. But they're mega. They're great. But they're really uncomfortable, really horrible. And lots of fun. And lots of fun. A bit like your moggy. You know, the more involved you are, the more reward you get, perhaps. I mean, the, the only problem with that is that in the rain, the man in the Defender will have a better time than me. <laughs> There's a Mini over there, and a Mini over here, and a Mini behind us. The Mini is... I'm trying to think what are the two most ubiquitous London cars the Mini and the Fiat 500 Mini, Fiat 500 and round this neck of the woods the Range Rover Evoque yes it's, it's all about style and fashion darling yes there's a Mini 1 with a personalised plate on it not quite the estate agent or he's a very junior estate agent because he's got the Mini 1 why do estate agents all have Minis I think there's one particular evil estate agents in London that I think they've got a deal with BMW where they go we'll have 30,000 of these so I was talking to someone who works at one of them and yeah when you're junior you get a one and then when you get a bit better you get a Cooper and if you're really good you get a Cooper S and then you move up to a BMW 1 series and then everything starts feeling a little sad again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, hello. Panamera. Yes. Now, Zog... Dis- Sorry, keep my voice down. Zog despises the Panamera, but I rather like it, particularly the new Sport Touring. See, this is the Gen 1 one with the horrible headlights. Yeah. So this is the one you bought when you really wanted a 911, but you accidentally had children. Yes. The new one is pretty beautiful yeah. and the sport turismo is just blinding i love the dash on this it reminds me the whole console of a nokia mobile phone which one is this ah, it's a base panamera so what they've done is they've bought the badge but not the good one which is the turbo or the gts which came with the big shouty v8 and was mega but, but you see I, i've got a lot more time for the panamera than most porsche purists Ooh. they've always made big would you like games. to see one of the rarest cars in the world it's a maserati levante I'm reminded of a letter to Car Magazine which was, Dear Sir, today I saw a Maserati Levante. Is this a record? (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's the first one I've seen in a year. Yeah, I've never driven one. I would, I would rather like to, actually. I love a Maser, because I think I'd have a Maserati over a Ferrari. Yeah, but the thing is, with a Ferrari, there are very few Ferrari owners who don't immediately say, Do you know I own a Ferrari? The Maserati owner doesn't tell you until you say, oh, do you drive? You go, oh, yes, got a Maserati. But guaranteed, outside the front of the house is the faux Greco-Roman pillars. <laughs> you just know it. But it'll be some industrialist in the north. So, oh, I've got a Maserati. The Maserati, aye. Oh, oh it's, it, it's proper special, my Maserati. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's... Well, I've heard it's pretty dreadful all the time. But I've, I've not driven one. And there's another Mini. Another white Mini. Another That's a third mini. white Mini. Behind it, Gen 2 Audi TT. And if I get my proper nerd specs on, that's either a base lower-powered 2-litre or it's the diesel weasel because it's got the really small wheels on it. But it's the Gen 2, which is the purest of all the shapes, I think. Controversial question now. Male or female driver? I don't know. There's a GB sticker on the back, so they go touring. I reckon it's a boy. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't So matter. long as they enjoy yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, look! A white Mini. A white Mini. This one, a convertible. 
they're optimistic in this rain. And over there is a 997 Gen 2 911. Very handsome. And a convertible as well. So we've got the wrong one, but they're in the right ballpark. Oh, I don't know. Is there a wrong 911? Come on. Any 911. Convertible Tiptronic 997.1. That's At the wrong one. At least that's got a PDK in it. Yeah, yeah. Gen 2 has a PDK in it. Uh, what else we got? Discovery. A proper Discovery. Disco 4. With yeah. a proper split tailgate. Not that it looks like it has one. I reckon... The same as the moon, but is cool. I reckon this was Land Rover's greatest mistake, because it was so good. I took one to France for a three-week drive once. It was so good. It does everything that a Range Rover does at two-thirds of the price. Yeah, and it's big and chunky. Yeah. And you don't worry about scratching it, because it's a disco, and it's just a family yeah. Labrador. Whereas a Range Rover is now this thing you put on a pedestal and go, oh, well, we can't scratch the Range Rover, but it's designed to be scratched. Speaking of, over the road we've got an i3, amazing motor, impossible to repair, apparently. Really? If you bend one, because it's all carbon fibre, it has to be sent back to bits of Germany to get properly screwed back together, which means the insurance is astronomically high. And it's coming to an end, isn't it? If the not already. The extender is. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So if you want peak Clapham, so we've got Range Rover Sport, and over there, a Ferrari... 599? No, 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 that's the FF, but not the FF. Oh, my God! Near. Yeah. Oh, my God! It's a shooting break. Oh, no, we've, we've so- given Gareth a shooting break. Sorry, I, the <laughs> darkness meant I didn't see the back end. No, OK, do we look at it? We look at it from the rear. We're going to walk yeah, over we, to we it. From the rear. It's got the Scuderia Ferrari shield which on the front wing. Which you have to spec. So they option. don't come with that as standard, but they, they say, sir, you do need to have... You do need to have the shield, because if you don't, it won't be worth as much. OK, let's profile the people who own this car. I once saw Peter Crouch getting into one at very early o'clock in the morning around the back so of Harrods. possibly professional sportsman or someone who owns a company. Mm-hmm. They've probably got a dog. A very small one. To fit in the back. Yeah. Because it's the only Ferrari you could put a dog in the back, isn't it? I mean, you could put one in the back of a 458, but you would cook it. <laughs> How do you like your dog? Hot. Crispy. Hot dog. Crispy dog. That's made my day. We could stop there, really, because you know I love a shooting break. And I do rather like a Ferrari. I like a Ferrari, I just don't like the owners. Yeah, because why do they buy because a Ferrari? I've got a Ferrari. Yeah, that's and right. We're next yeah. to another Mini. This one's black, <laughs> and we passed another one while we were. Oh, look, there's a Mini. It's a Clubman. That's it's a white, mini though. Clubman. A colleague of mine put on the internet ages ago Mini Clubman owners apparently call their cars clubbies. No. So, what do Mini Countrymen owners call their cars? Yeah, Minis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Minis. And there's oh. another Mini Convertible. Yeah. The no. Convertible is the car of choice in Wandsworth, isn't yes. it? So we've got down here, we've got a scenic lawn. There's a nice smart in a lovely ochre two-tone pearlescent colour. That's a good colour for a smart. You do have to be confident in yourself to drive around in a bright yes, pink right. smart. Yeah, yeah. You really you driven one? The old smart, yeah. I yeah. drove one when I was an intern, Auto Express magazine. It was the Hello Dog Dog. That's the dog that lives in the Ferrari. Yeah, it does. It sounds a bit bigger than the dog. The dog <laughs> in the Ferrari would be yucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I drove the MHD, the micro-hybrid drive, yes, from Bristol yes. to London. And that is a lesson in aerodynamics. Because what you do is you drive past a truck, and when you get behind it, you just pass the threshold of the back and you get sucked into the side of it. And then when you get past the front, you get pushed out into the other, and you go, oh, God. Because you've got no mass to fight it. You're yeah. just going to get sucked along like a shuttlecock. Which I'm way should go we go? Way. I'll go that We're way. We're going to go this way. Because that way is... 
Right. There's, there's, it's all pedestrianised and there's a, there's a lovely pub down there. That Volvo, the C30, I always liked that it's based on a Focus. It's got some style, it evokes the P1800 vaguely. It's a pretty thing. The thing is, at the time, it is the same platform as the Gen 2 Focus. It was when Ford owned yes. Volvo. That's right. So you can get a Volvo C30 with a two and a half litre turbocharged five pot. Yeah, yeah, that was with a lot of car. the same power as the ST but with slightly softer suspension which means you can be very comfortable going very quickly but you'll spend an enormous amount of money on petrol. I'm very nervous of those cars. Why? Because possibly on that same trip when I was in France we pulled it up a car park once and there was a C30 part there and I went over to look at it and a snake crawled out from underneath the bonnet it had been resting underneath this recently parked warm car and I love all the animals with the exception of the no-legged snake but snakes can f*** correct <laughs> they can and so they can go full Indiana Jones snakes so they have to be snakes I have this pathological fear now that every time I see a C30 a snake might come out of it so we'll keep walking this way in shall the we the wilds of Clapham you're unlikely to find a snake Urban true foxes, enough foxes yes 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 they sleep on the roofs of convertibles because it's slightly warmer I've not seen that we have lots of foxes in Stoke Newington where I am and they just march up and down the road like they own the place because they do and they'll eat you they will because they're Vile. Yeah, I, used to, I used to have paw prints up the bonnet of my Lotus because I used to sleep on the roof of it. That's how you know that. Now, here's a car I have great admiration for. It's one of the least sexy cars <laughs> in the universe, but arguably one of the most practical. It's C3 the... C3 Picasso. Yeah, not the C4 Picasso, no. the C3 Picasso, which is essentially a van. Yes. Well, it's a Citroen C3 with a bigger roof and a bigger boot. It's what happens when you have very young children and very little imagination but want to be seen as quirky or you wear a top hat and want to be able to get in your car again want to be seen as quirky (laughs) (laughs) i have if you're the type of chap who wears a top hat but then goes hmm what should sir be seen in a rolls royce bentley no a citroen c3 picasso Noddy Holder and his top hat would probably drive one of those. I thought you were about to say Noddy Holder drives one, and a little bit of me would have died inside. (laughs) Nod had a range of interesting cars in the past. He likes a Mercedes, Noddy Holder, but I guess he... He strikes me as a Mercedes man. Yeah, he had the money to invest in a proper car. I mean, you know, 800 grand every year from Merry Christmas, everybody, means you can choose what you want. Oh, yeah. Well, 400 grand, because he has to split it with Jimmy Lee, who's a co-writer of the song. Oh, God. I mean, that song is Christmas. Yeah. It yeah. really is. One of my goals is to be in a room where he does the It's Christmas bit. Because that is Christmas. That's what happens. I've done Poor that. Bloke. I mean, imagine around Christmas time, everyone's like, go on, Noddy, go on, do it. Do it, do, do it. it, yeah. Do the Christmas thing. And, you know, for 400 grand a year, I'd do it at the drop of a hat. I mean... Focus ST, look at it. That's the Series 3, what do we call that? Fiesta. Oh, jeez! look very Oh, similar. my God! Forgive me, Ford! Forgive me, Ford, for I have sinned. Yeah. That's the last generation Fiesta and one of the best hot hatches ever made. Yeah, yeah. I drove one. I went up to Dunton. Oh! I, I love those I, things. Fiestas shouldn't be that good. The sport button is your right foot. The new one's got that little 1.5-litre three-pot. Yeah. 200 horsepower. It's mega quick, but it's got modes... Yeah, yeah. So you can have a soft mode and you can have a sport mode and there's a track mode and I think it's got launch control as well. Whereas that... Hooligan. You just, you just play with it. There is one setting. It is on. And then... Well, there's two. There is on and there is off. 
So oh. at the end of your drive, you turn it off. I wish, I wish they could see this image of this car parked in front of a masonette, a townhouse, would yeah. you call that? And it's in, yeah, that's flats, isn't it? I, oh, I think yeah. a group of people live here. But it's parked on a raised piece <laughs> of scrubland, you yes. might say. And it looks like it means business. It looks great, doesn't it? It, it looks a bit apocalypsy, but sort of... Middle England apocalypse. Yes. Middling, like you're expecting there's going to be a man with a gun dog <laughs> to appear. Is this uh, Zoe I see before me? It, might, it is. I've not seen that round here before. You must be new. No. Oh, and it's plugged in. <laughs> it's plugged into a street. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You've heard me say this before. If you live in London, having an electric car is really tricky unless you've got off-street parking. But recently they've started converting street lamps into recharging points so you can recharge we've got them near our house but not on my street and this one is plugged in with a cable just about crossing part of the it's uh, a little bit of the path but it's yeah. not, not the end of the world I mean, you can see it and it's thrumming a green light showing well, it's charging if, if, if you have a quick look in the window he's on 62 63% charge well that's only going to take another 7 hours to fully charge then isn't it at this rate yeah but it's night yeah, right. yeah. And what, let's have a look. Who operates this? It's Siemens. And how fast is the it's charger on this? Socket. It's something like 12, isn't it? It's not very much. Is it a bit now? But if you leave it overnight, it's not a problem. Yeah. I approve. I absolutely approve. Job's good. Yeah. Oh, there's another mini going past. Not a, oh, and it's a convertible. Just how unusual. Proper black cab. I want one of those one day. They're awful. Do you want to be Prince Philip? He's got one of those. Well, I used to. What? Black cab. Prince Philip used to drive around in a black cab. I suppose it's the car you can be seen in but not seen in. Yeah, yeah. one looks at the driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Now, they used to be down this side street. Now there's a Tesla Model 3, which I think we should go and have a look at. Correct. Let's cross the road. Another Mini. Another Mini with stripes. There aren't many cars that can wear two black stripes. A Mini is one. Uh, well, that's a Mini one. That's the basic one. So you've got the black grille, black wing mirrors, and it's like you can't have a white roof on that. So you have to do something to make it interesting. Yeah, you, your knowledge is very good. I've so, had one for a while. I've properly nerded out on the brochures. I heard an interesting fact about the wheel covers on the Model 3 recently. Yeah. That this design of wheel cover gives you something like 25 miles extra range. So good at the aerodynamic improvement from this cover. Yeah. I don't know if that's right, but... They're properly cool. I'm yeah. In Gran Turismo 4, yeah. I had a purple Supra. And I put those like aero wheels like that on it. I mean, it looks cool because when you're going really quick, you just get the brake caliper. So I wonder if this person ever bothers recharging on that recharging point over there, mm-hmm. or do they just wait till they get to a Tesla point? Probably a Tesla point. Yeah, because it does it in a third of the time, yeah. doesn't it? Proper fast charging. Lecky yeah. cars are great if you have a charge point. Yeah, otherwise you're stuffed. You're a bit knackered. Shall yeah. we toddle on? I think we should. And find. I know where to take you next. Okay. We just passed a mini convertible. Interesting mini convertible that the people who own that Tesla just walked up and got yeah. into it. <laughs> why are these two men wearing hats in the rain talking about cars? For you guys, that's why. <laughs> okay, should we go up there? Let's What's that? We're crossing the road like. Lots of cyclists being miserable because it's raining and wet, but at least that one has a light on that's changed. 
Uh, black cab. A CHR. CHR. Not driven one of those. Great. If you can live with the CVT gearbox. But I rather enjoyed it. I took one to the Wales Rally GP a couple of years ago and enjoyed it much more than I thought I was going to do. I think it's a great looking car. And I think... I'd have one of those over a Prius because it's essentially a Prius on stilts, isn't it? Well, that'll do. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's quite a good thing. And another white Mini 1. How many is that now? Seven? Thousands. Thousands of <laughs> them. And we're going to see way more. I know this road. This road, sadly, we're going to walk past the house, but there was. It used to be a beautiful Citroen DS. Oh. The street park, well, not street park. The guy had a tiny little driveway and it would just fit on it. It was stunning. Beautiful as that, that brownie grey. Oh. oh, it was it was proper that thing. If ever there is a car that makes just about everyone who walk past it stop and consider it, it's the Citroen DS, isn't it? Even people who don't know, in fact, particularly people who don't know cars, notice them. Yeah, yeah. because they're beautiful. As we pass a bright yellow Mini, that's a Gen Two Mini. The in the launch colour as well. That's the yes. signature colour, isn't it? That sort of tangerine. Tangerine yellow. Yeah. Uh, Nissan Duke. Sorry, mate. What yeah. Wrong? Yeah, um, I, I can't do the Duke. Never been able to. That? Is that a Model S over there on charge? That's a Model S. And they're choosing to charge off a street lamp as well. Yeah. Nice to see people making use of the street lamp charging thing here. Well, the well, it makes it convenient. You've just been to my flat. I've got off-road parking. Yeah. But we don't have a charge point. Yeah. So and it would be tricky to put one in, wouldn't it? Because they well, they can be outdoors. They, they can be outdoors. They, it can be done. But then which flat parking space has it? Who pays the bill? What happens here? Why? So there's a lot of um, issue with it. But yeah, yeah. With, if there was a street one near me and I needed a lecky car, like a little Honda E, that'd be great. You Charge like the Honda E? I do. It's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Unthreatening. It's like a little hug. It's the round headlamps that did it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. R53 Mini in front of a second generation <laughs> this is the land of minis Wandsworth the home of the mini the home of minis and there's a little fiesta behind that is Wandsworth the new this is, this is Fiat where, 500 this is where the Citroen used to be oh replaced it with a 10 plate Fiat 500 which fits in this gap a lot easier it means you can get out of it but that's, that makes me sad because that DS was just yeah something else yeah and there. yeah oh right Another Picasso? Another Picasso. Not much imagination, but a couple of kids. And, you know, I know people who actually need sensible cars, and they love them because it's not an SUV. You can fit child seats in the back. It's not very expensive. It's easy to insure. It's easy to repair. And it just sips petrol. Great London car. lot of space for its length. Yep. And not very expensive because you're spending all your money on your property, aren't yeah. you? That's why they're here. Over there, another bright yellow Cooper S. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. And That's another Siemens charging point. I'm very impressed at the number of charging points we've walked past here. Well done, Wandsworth. Ah, here's your country man. Yes, countryman. Yes, yes. Mini plug-in hybrid thing. Now, is that an Audi A2 ahead? The car that was arguably ahead of its time. Yeah, absolutely. Because they went, okay, small engine, lightweight, lightweight this, lightweight that. Isn't it great? So I reckon we'll finish here because in my mind, of all the cars we've seen here, with the possible exception of the FF, the Ferrari FF, which I love, this is the most interesting car to those of us who know cars because the Audi A2, exactly as you say, way ahead of its time. I've almost bought one about four times. Do it. 
But you have, the, you have the petrol, the 1.4 petrol, don't you? That's yeah. the one to have. They're so cool. My old man had one as a courtesy cup for a while, and there was more room in the back of the A2 than there was of his A4. I mean, I was small at the time, but I remember it being really roomy and really cool. There you go. A Q car, an interesting car that you wouldn't realise unless you're a car nut. Yeah. And respect to the person for owning that lovely bit of lightweight aluminium city design, basically inspired by the Mercedes A-Class, but done better. Well, it doesn't fall over, for one. Exactly. It's a bit smaller, better package, better looking. Yeah, I love that. You and me both. And talking about falling over, we seem to have finished this programme, Alex, outside a pub called the Bread and Roses. Should we go and drink beer till we've fallen over? I think we should drink beer till we fall over to celebrate the A2. Correct. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Alex Goy. Bye. And I was Gareth. See ya. And I think it's my round, Alex. Pub. 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 <laughs> To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Pub. Pub. <laughs>